Hello and welcome to Real Talk with me, Marius Roberts. Now in this motoring podcast series, I've partnered with Investec Focus Radio to bring you insights, car reviews and trends that are shaping the automotive industry right here in South Africa. Probably the question I get asked the most, uh, and it's the most difficult one to answer, what is the best car, Marius? I can't answer that because it comes down to what is the best car for you. I'm going to start with entry-level vehicles because I think this is really important. There's so many people out there that are in a situation now where their kids have left school and they're heading into university and it's about making that massive decision of buying a first car. And what is quite intriguing is that a lot of my mates in that situation are looking to buy big cars. They want like a big double care bucky because if there is a problem, their, their daughter or son must be safe. And I kind of go, uh-uh, no, 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 don't do that. I mean, think back to when you learned to drive. Uh, it's quite an intimidating process. And I think trying to maneuver a massive vehicle around is probably going to put you into more problems and maybe make you even more nervous from a driving perspective. So for me, there are some really good small compact cars that you should be considering that do come with all the necessary safety, things like your ABS and, and airbags. Uh, and what's happening more and more in South Africa now as well is that they bring out cars with vehicle stability control. Now, in markets like Australia, you cannot buy a car unless it comes with a vehicle stability control system. What is that? It is worth gold. It is it is more important for me than airbags and ABS. It's basically electronics on the car that if you do need to swerve to avoid an incident, those electronics will help ensure you don't spin out and will bring the car back in line. And that for me is crucial. So some of the cars that I would suggest you look at, they do come with a safety, uh, have all the spec that you want, uh, come with connectivity as well, because for the juniors, that's massively important. I'm talking things like the Kia Picanto, um, the Hyundai Grand i10 is brilliant. Uh, they've also got their ATOS, which is obviously a little bit uh, lower in the price point. And then a brand to really consider is Suzuki. Um, they've done massive things because they have stuck to their wheelhouse, which is making small, compact cars that are fuel efficient, uh, that are well priced. All of these cars are priced in around the 180,000 to like maybe 220,000 uh, categories. So these are important cars to consider for first time motorists, but I think also for empty nesters, you know, parents that now have their kids moving out, a lot of them are looking to downsize and downscale as well. So these sort of vehicles would be cars that I would consider. Then I'm going to move to the crossover compact crossover segment. There are so many to choose from because it literally does span all price points and all sizes as well. I want to start with the compact crossovers. And yeah, for me, vehicles like the Peugeot 2008, brilliant. Kia Seltos, in particular, the diesel, superb. Um, the Hubble Jolion, can't leave that off of, uh, off of the list. Just have a look at how many of them are on the road. And there's even a waiting list for them. And then, of course, Toyota's Corolla Cross, a car that came to market um, last year. Uh, what is interesting for me in this segment is that I look at what are you paying and how much car you're getting for your money. And the reason why I've picked these in particular is because the Seltos, the 2008, um, actually are the bigger cars in the segment. But the one that trumps all of it is the Corolla Cross. Biggest boot, best legroom. So have a look at those. Seltos, Peugeot 288, which is super stylish. Uh, and all these are also very, very well-specced, which is important. If you're looking for more traditional players in the slightly bigger uh, SUV categories, I would also always recommend Kia Sportage. The new one is absolutely brilliant. There's Hyundai Tucson. And also very popular is obviously the Volkswagen Tiguan. And you've got the all-space, the seven-seater in that as well. When it comes to the bigger premium SUVs, Hyundai Santa Fe, um, 
yeah, the Kia Sorento. These for me offer bold styling. They offer massive amounts of value as well. You can even upsize to things like the Hyundai Palisade. But for me, I guess if you're looking at uh, traditional packages, um, the Touareg from Volkswagen has always been something that I've put a lot of value to. Because if you look at the family sharing the underpinnings, that car is the same as your Audi Q7, which is the same as your Porsche Cayenne, Bentley Bentayga, Lamborghini Urus, the list goes on. These are all part of the family. So you are getting, if you look at that price point at like 1.3 million Rand, you're getting a lot of car for your money there. But the Palisade, is going to come in under that at like a million bucks. So there's a lot to choose from here. Um, if you are considering family options, I want to ask you really to consider looking at multi-purpose vehicles or like your minibuses and not your SUVs. So I get so many guys saying to me, we're looking for seven seats, we've got family and we luggage and all this sort of stuff. A seven-seater SUV ain't going to cut it for you because that third row is an, an occasional third row. You can't really as an adult sit there comfortably. And when those seats are in place, you lose all your boot space. And that is the joy of your, your minibuses. And for me, the one that you've really got to look at is the Kia Carnival. Because I think from a styling perspective, many people are put off by the box bus-like look. Um, the Kia Carnival doesn't have that. It's more car-like in its styling. And you can compare it, I suppose, to the Mercedes-Benz V-Class, the Viano, which is a lot more money than the Carnival. So these are sort of vehicles that I really think you need to be considering if space and practicality really is right up there at the top end of your needs. Um, the Hyundai Stereo has also come out, very popular, but maybe from a styling perspective, the space age look might be a bit uh, too out there for some people. The Bucky War is hotting up. Now, just launched, all new Amarok uh, and Ford Ranger, obviously both now built in South Africa and both built by Ford, and both of them are going to be costing you a million bucks. It is just crazy to think where buckies have gone and if you look at most people's needs that space at the back is never used <laughs> so you're paying a lot of money for uh, for a, an unused area um, obviously toyota will always be everyone's favorite you look at topping sales figures every single month pretty inter interesting to see what happens now with the new range and new amarok out there if you are interested in a bucky and you're looking for value for money there are products you can look at like the jac t8 um you know, great war motors in terms of what they have with their P series and then the Mahindra pickup as well. These are buckies that I can still understand. 500,000 Rand. Yeah, I can live with that. And it's practical. You can use them too. I'm going to wrap up with performance cars because that's just what I do. I love driving cars that are that are fast. That's kind of my, my need. Um, and if you're looking for value for money, old school driver's car, Toyota have just launched, launched the GR86. Uh, I'm just so glad that manufacturers still make cars like this. Um, unbeatable really is superb value. They've also got their all-wheel drive GL Yaris. Incredible, the performance you can get from, from a Yaris. <laughs> Amazing. And that car obviously was homologated to compete in the World Rally Championship, which explains why the performance is so massive. So these are vehicles under a million bucks that offer you so much driving pleasure. Uh, if you go higher up the scale, BMW launched their all-new M2. The previous generation was my ultimate M car, I think. They just got the package so right in that, and I'm sure it's only going to be even better, having driven the standard uh, two series. I think they're going to be on, a, on another winner with that. Um, higher up the price points, if you 
really love the, the naturally aspirated sound of a car, then you've got to look at V10, you've got to look at Audi R8. Obviously, a sister car would be the Lamborghini Huracan, but you're going to get more value with your with your R8. Superb car. Um, if you want the sound of a V12, there is nothing better than the Aston Martin Superleggera DBS. I had the pleasure of driving that uh, in the UK. It is... Yeah, that thing punches you. It, it looks so refined, so everyday happy, driving GT style, uh, and then it literally obliterates you when you put your foot down. Amazing car. Uh, and then, of course, for me, pure track cars, McLaren 600 uh, Longtail, superb. But I think if I had to pick a performance car right now, Porsche GT3 RS, nothing better than that. These cars obviously are bank breakers, but they're the cars that put smiles on your faces as well. So that's it. I hope that we've helped give you some pointers, some advice when it comes to uh, considering what car to buy next. But like I said, the most important thing for me is put that little list together. Once you've got that list, go and do your research online. There's so much content that is available just to help you with that decision. Whittle that down to two or three cars and then put your bums in those seats and go and drive them. That is the only way to make an educated decision. So I really do hope these little tips and tricks will give you some insights and help you make better informed decisions when it comes to purchasing your next car. Thanks so much for listening to another episode of Real Talk with me, Maurice Roberts. You can listen to more motoring insights by subscribing to Investec Focus Radio wherever you get your podcasts. The views expressed are those of the contributors at the time of publication and do not necessarily represent the views of the firm and should not be taken as advice or recommendations. Investec Private Banking, a division of Investec Bank Limited, a registered credit provider committed to the code of banking practice as regulated by the Ombudsman for Banking Services.